I never thought I'd be able to see Dave Sullivan, the former WCW star, as a peer, and I'm I'm glad I'm thankful. And here we are. I thought it would be perfect that honestly, my biggest interview for Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast so far. I right away I said I need to have Dave Sullivan on that first episode that gets out there for all the podcast platforms. Yeah, but getting ahead of ourselves. Um, Okay, it's cool to get to do this. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah, I'm I'm very grateful. Let's go! Guess who's back? It's Johnny Cadillac. Let's start the show. And welcome to Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast. It's so great for me to say those words again as we've been transitioning. But this is episode one of our official audio version of this podcast. Of course, I am your host, Johnny Cadillac. And joining me today, I'm so excited for today's episode, former WCW star, the equalizer, Dave Sullivan. Dave, how are you doing today, my friend? Good. How are you doing, buddy? Good to see you. Doing great. Yeah, thanks for... Thanks for coming on. So let's, uh, I guess, start from the get-go. Where where did things start? I, I understand you have more of a football background before things got involved with wrestling, correct? Yes, I played here at the University of Nebraska at Omaha for Sandy Buddha. And then I got a little shot in the NFL and the USFL for a little bit. And then after that, I started coaching. And uh, when I, I was coaching, I met Harley Race, and, uh, and he kind of talked me into coming down and with him and Bob Geigel and start training. And so I started training there in Kansas City, and then after a while, I went up to Portland, started working for them, and then also Grappler finished my training off up there while I was working for them. Very good. And uh, yeah. so, all right, I guess go back. You said started in Omaha. Are you originally from Omaha? Then, like, were you born there? Where Where are you from? Born in Baltimore when my dad played for the Colts. And then I we moved to Denver because he was with the Broncos, and we lived there for a while. And then uh, we eventually moved here in the early 70s. And so then I went to, uh, finished up a little bit of the junior high and went to high school at Westside. So that's how we ended up in Omaha. He got an assistant job with uh, Alec Coniglia there at UNL. Okay, good deal. So, I mean, was Dave Sullivan as a kid, was it your dream to be a pro uh, Did you want to follow in your – Dad's footsteps were do you thinking more along the lines of football player or was this just a wrestling yeah. passion or I wrestled amateurly too. I mean I wrestled a little bit I wrestled at West Side then I wrestled at UNO a little bit with Mike Denny. And then I just went all football after that. But I always kinda of enjoyed pro wrestling. But no, my my dream was to play in the NFL, no question. Okay. So I guess what, what happened there then? I mean, did was there an injury that or did you just have a get, decision where you wanted to change cut. fields. Nah, eventually get cut. And so I came back and started coaching when I got cut. When, well, we, but then we went to the USFL, my brother and I, we were there with the breakers. And of course they went defunct. And once they went defunct, I just, that was when I finished my pro football career and, and started getting into, into coaching. Okay. So, and as you mentioned, you eventually you're down in, you said in Kansas City, Topeka, where'd you meet Harley race? I'm sorry. In Topeka, in Kansas, I was living in Topeka at the time, Warspring University there, and and, uh, and I met Harley in Kansas City. Okay, was that just an happenstance, or did you have some sort of appointment set up, or? How, well, how... I was I was meeting his son. He had a very good kid that was a wide wide receiver for Blue Springs, 
and I got to meet got to meet him there, and we just started talking. And then after a while, then I met Bob Geigel, and they started. I started going to Kansas City and training. All right. So how long was the training before? I mean, I think anybody who outside of Nebraska, when they see the name Dave Sullivan, they'll think, especially wrestling fans, WCW. How long into your wrestling journey was it before you were in WCW? Then. Good four years because I wrestled Japan, Puerto Rico, Germany. You know, of course, I was at Portland up there with PNW with with uh, Roddy Piper and, and Lenny Lenny Denton Grappler. But then I, I wrestled all over before uh, all over the kind of the world before I and I wrestled some in Texas down there with uh, with that outfit. Um, and uh, you know, and so I did all that. And then I got then I finally did uh, Dusty Rhodes called and I got my shot with WCW. Okay. So at this point, were you only working as the equalizer then? Was that what was? Equalizer, Germany and England, I was the barbarian. So Europe, I was for the barbarian. Uh, Japan, I was still the equalizer. Uh, Puerto Rico, I was the barbarian too. Okay, right. So on. I would travel. I travel all around, and wrestle for different or different uh, at that time, different territories. So do you, uh, you have any stories you want to share from your time before WCW then? You wrestled all over the world. I'm sure there's a story or two that are associated with those. Oh, God. She's trying to remember them all and everything and put them <laughs> in place. But, um, oh, I mean, uh, we were over in Japan, wrestling there for, for New Japan. And Buddy Rose, I think it was, it was their character at that time, but... We're, at, we're messing around. We went out for a while that evening, and we get back, and he takes a fire extinguisher out of the hotel and starts chasing us around and squirting it all over. And, and uh, of course, the office gets up there, and Antonio the, the, Noki wasn't happy. And he sent Buddy home, but the rest of us got to stay and finish the, finish the tour out before before he came home. But it was, it was kind of a messy situation, and you realize that you can't mess around when you're in different countries sometimes. Yeah. you got to be smart. Absolutely. So... Make good decisions, stick around, discipline, work, and uh, right. maybe you can make it somewhere. And for you, yep. you did make it somewhere. So um, you said Dusty Rhodes ended up calling. Uh, did, he just reached out to you then. Was it a surprise phone call to be hearing from him? Or how? kind of tell us how no, the transition to WCW went I, down. I was down there with uh, Carlos Colon working for his outfit. Okay. And, uh, and Dick Murdoch was down there, and I lived with Dick. Okay. And, and so, and Dick, of course, him and Buddy go way back to Texas wrestling. So, I mean, they were very close, good friends. And he just, he was looking for a big blonde guy. And he called down there and talked to Dick. And Dick recommended me. Then the next day, Harley called me and offered me a job. Oh, right on. Not Harley, but uh, Dusty offered Dusty, me a job. yeah. Okay. So, then, I mean, so was the uh, WCW, was a power plant going on at this point as well? Yes, it was. It was running. Yes, it was. Okay, at that so time. The, they is it like like you know WWE has its performance center now? Was it at the time they needed you to train for a while in the power plant before seeing like and seeing what you have before putting you on TV or how'd that work? No, they they brought me right in and I was on one of the main pay per views with Rick Rude. So no. Oh, okay. I went down, I, I went down the power plant and trained a little bit, but that was just to practice some certain things with, depending on who I was working with. But but no, I would I would I came in and was on. Uh, one of their major pay-per-views when I came in. Okay. So it was your first WCW match against Rick Rude then is, was that? No, I was, I tagged with Rick Rude. Okay. So how was against, it? Against, uh, against Dustin Rhodes and Hawk. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I've seen some just 
you know, headlines of working with Rick and just getting some preparations. And tell tell us about Rick Rude and uh, how you got along with him, or if you saw it, I like just tell us about that briefly, if you don't. Mind. I, I travel. I traveled a lot with Rick. Stayed with his health. God rest his soul. He was. We we got along really well. Both being Midwest guys, because he's from Minneapolis. And of course, I grew up and did a lot in Omaha and Denver. So we got along really well, traveled together, drank probably too much together, <laughs> and all the other things that you do when you're out frowsing and having a good time. But he was a good man. And he's a character. I mean, he he's one of those guys. He was a light heavyweight uh, world arm wrestling champion. His dad was a Golden Gloves boxer. So he had some good boxing. So but it was the funniest thing because he was, you know, he, you know, he was a handsome guy and kind of like, uh, the old Tom Selleck look and she, we'd walk into places and women, you know, they dropped their panties right there. So, I mean, it was, it was a whole different world <laughs> for me a little bit with that guy, but he was, he was quite a character and great guy. So in, in, in and out of the ring, you guys were definitely friends and you would say, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We, we got in a little trouble in Charlotte. So yeah, we kind of had to get that straightened out in the bar scene, but they come up for some reason, they pick on Rick and you just don't know why. And then all of a sudden we're in a melee and, it gets figured out though. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So then you're immediately, you're working with Rick. How long does that last that you're, you said working with him and then against him? No, I never went against Rick. Okay. Worked with him. And then, then, then eventually Paul and Orndorff and I worked together as a tag team. And then, uh, and then after that, uh, Paul went with, with Paul Roma and then become a pretty, uh, whatever they were called back then. And so then Kevin came in and then I became a Sullivan and then we were tagging up and going against all those different guys, depending on which, uh, which part of the plan we were involved in with who we were going against. But we were one of the major tag teams at that time. Was, was Kevin kind of taking over booking at that point? He, that was part of his thing. He came in as assistant booker and also, and with me, and, and then they switched me to uh, uh, Dave Sullivan. Okay. Well, they just, think you guys look similar and might as well say well, your brothers and it was off of the twins thing from arnold and danny devito okay. so they kind of used that kind of thing like that off that so i mean and i you know because the big taller guy and then shorter squatty guy and so they kind of put us together like that we look similar in a lot of our expressions so it kind of fit that we were you know twins so that's what they did so I guess that's where the storyline came from. Right. Okay, that makes sense. And what what year was this all roughly? I think that happened about ninety five. I think because I went there in ninety two or ninety three, and then happened about ninety five when Kevin got my game in. Okay, so you were definitely well established at the time, and then here comes your brother, and uh, off we go. Uh, is there any yeah. real memorable tag matches? If like somebody listening to this, they want to go back and see some good Dave Sullivan matches, especially working with Kevin. Is there a couple matches that stick out in mind of, yeah. that really stuck out to you we, at that time? We wrestled, the, we wrestled the nasty boys all over. And then of course the, the Orndorff and Roma, we wrestled them. And then when I got injured in the ring, then, then kind of cactus Jack took my, you know, Mike McFoley took my spot there for a while. And Kevin him are tag team. And I was a manager on the outside of the ring until I, my knee healed up. Hmm. Wonder if cactus Jack went on to do anything from there. But <laughs> so yeah, he did. Mankind did pretty good. Yeah, I'd say I'd say I'm a little familiar with him and his work. Um, then okay, so you come back from knee injury, and I'm assuming uh, how much longer was it before then you're the fan of Hulk Hogan and 
getting involved it in kind that of program. Was, while I was injured and work and, and kind of managing ta- uh, Kevin and and uh, and Cactus, it was starting to happen. Then they were starting to move me towards that Hulkamaniac thing. Okay, so did you? I mean, was that the start of when you would have a rivalry with Kevin? Was going into that program? Or? Yeah, because yeah, because that's because Kevin would get mad because I was I kind of had a, this thing with for Hogan, so. That would yeah, Kevin get mad. He'd talk to me and say that you know you screwed up just like I did when I was a kid and all that stuff. So it was all kind of part of the storyline. Yes. Okay. How how do you like working this program overall? It was interesting. It was kind of different than normally the way I worked and all the other things I've done in my life. But you know I enjoyed Kevin, so we had a good relationship. So kind of you know he kind of helped me figure this out and work together and get this gimmick right, so it would it would pay off. Okay. So. And then, I mean, how was it working with Hulk? I mean, it was okay. He's he's kind of, I mean, which I'm sure you guys know because you hear enough of it, but he kind of kept to himself, and he's, you know, and kind of that star kind of attitude. So, I mean, he wasn't one of the boys. That's all I can tell you. And then, plus, he had the creative control, which kind of he had too much power, which eventually hurt the, hurt the, hurt the organization before Ben spotted. it. Okay. And we'll kind of get into a little more on that in a little bit. I wanted to ask you some questions. But and then... I understand Hulk gave you a pair of boots at this time too. Yeah, and the robe and all that stuff. So, and then that's uh, that's all with the Nebraska Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame now. Correct. Just working a little bit in the industry and getting involved with MWA and the connections, and just I never thought I'd be able to see Dave Sullivan, the former WCW star, as a peer, and I'm I'm glad I'm thankful. And here we are. I thought it would be perfect that honestly my biggest interview for caddy chat wrestling talk podcast so far i right away i said i need to have dave sullivan on that first episode that gets out there for all the podcast platforms uh, as far as apple podcast spotify and um yeah but getting ahead of ourselves um okay it's cool to get to do this yeah absolutely and yeah i'm i'm very grateful but okay so then you're so the crazed Hulk Hogan fan. Is this when the rabbit gets involved too? No, that wasn't till after uh, I I got uh, the kind of dismantled me from being Hulk Hulk's Hulk maniac, and then then the rabbit came. That was kind of the thing Kevin brought brought me back as as Evad with the rabbit, and so okay. that's kind of how I got back, and that's where all the change went over. Okay, so what like did this? There wasn't a falling out with you and Hulk programming wise, no. like. Storyline wise, it's just you went on to a different part of your career, and oh, Hogan on. made the decision that he didn't want me to do that anymore. Oh, okay. And I'm sure, actually, it's no secret he had a lot of pull there in WCW, probably throughout yeah, he his had entire control. yeah throughout his entire time there. He's Hulk Hogan, so yeah, but he that was part of his contract demands that he wanted creative control. Okay, fair enough. He never, he never had that in the WCW. Gotcha. So, all right, so. You separate from Hulk. It wasn't like a big turning on or anything. It just went separate ways. And then this is what's next for Dave Sullivan is he has the rabbit. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, I mean, you have stories on that or just more of the, yeah, the programming that, going on at that, that time? Taking that pain in the butt everywhere. <laughs> ain't, fun, ain't fun flying in a plane with a rabbit, I can tell you guys. <laughs> so, I mean, you got, had to keep kayfabe alive then. and Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Oh I mean, yeah, it was it was a pain. Plus, I was semi-allergic to that little shit, so it was a pain in the oh, butt. Oh man! All right, so I, I I guess you were probably grateful when that part ended. Then, yeah, I didn't miss when the when the yeah when that was all over. No, <laughs> have to travel with that rabbit again. No deal. Road stories. You have any road stories? I I know I had a Facebook user reach out to us and said you had some great stories traveling with Ric Flair. I want to hear that. I don't didn't travel with him, you know, with him, with him, other than Fair enough. Or automobiles, but we'd always been together at parties and stuff like that. And he's, he's at 30 for 30 is pretty accurate. Okay. Pretty accurate about him. And so, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good life story about him, but you know, we go out and we, we'd tie one on with him and then he'd want to go the next night. A lot of us guys, <laughs> We decided to stay in, and you know, Arn would always have to go because he Arn would have to get him back to the hotel if he got too messed up. So Arn always went with him, but a lot of times uh, the uh, the rest of us we took a night off because we couldn't. I mean, he was an amazing partner. He would drink it. He drink hard every night, and it man, that gets tough on the old body to do that every night and work too. All right, and I know you know Harley Race when you got involved with WCW, he was there and he was managing Vader and. Everything else was yeah. was rode he lot, rode around because us being from the same same area, you know, Harley and I rode around a lot together. I was just going to ask if he was like you said you didn't travel with Flair a lot, but I was, clearly you had somebody, and I figured Harley racing there. So yeah, yeah, we traveled a lot. That guy could he drove a car faster than anybody I've been in with. Oh yeah, I mean it was always at top speed. He one time he he always smoke while he drove, but he'd leave his window cracked open. He goes, "Kid," he always called me "kid." I didn't feel like a kid, but he called me kid, and he goes, "I, I was a, I, I was a race car driver in another life." And I'm telling you, he he challenged the road, man. He was double tough guy, and he would drove it fast. I mean, faster than him. I mean, we were going around the Western Virginia mountains, going up for a show, and it was me in the front seat with Harley, and then Paul Orndorff in the back seat. We're in this caddy, and he's going around these West, West Virginia mountains about 85 miles an hour. I'm kidding, no kidding you, and passing people up. In my eyes, I got to tell that top thing, and my hands all turned, and my knuckles are turning white. <laughs> Paul's in the Paul's in the back seat praying. <laughs> we made it to the show, thank God, thank God. But yeah, I mean that Charlie Harley was one double tough sucker, and I mean he could drive a car better, you know, it better than anybody I've ever been around. So he was invincible in the ring and behind the wheel. Yeah, very, very <laughs> great driver. I mean, gosh, we we got to any show. Early, I could tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I guess you didn't have to worry of uh, punctuality. Wouldn't have been a problem then. No, not with he Harley was always driving. A, no, he was always. We were there early. All right. So, especially your time in WCW, you know, you mentioned traveling with Harley Race and Paul Orndorff, and uh, is there relationships you had with any other wrestlers that you have any stories about that you want to share that you got along with Steve at that Riegel. time? Steve Regal and Dave Finley. Okay. We wrestled. We wrestled a lot together, and and also, God, I, his name's drawn a blank, but well, Owen Hart wrestled with, traveled a lot with him. He was a great guy. So when he passed, Paul from that ring, that really, because I was still with the WCW, and that happened, and it was just that was heart heartbreaking when that happened to Owen, and uh, and then uh, and then uh, who's Who's the wrestler that just recently he married Kevin's ex-wife and he and he killed him? Oh, Chris Benoit? We traveled all over with Chris. Chris, me, uh, 
Owen Hart, uh, uh, Dave Finley, uh, and also uh, uh, Darren Matthews, which is Steve Regal, travel a lot together. So when when those two died, that was really hard because they were all very good friends. I still stay in touch with those guys, except for the two that passed, of course. I'm not yeah. clairvoyant. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, they're just great people, and, and we travel a lot and have you know, watch looked out for each other's family. So it was pretty, it was, they were good friends and it was hard to see that happen in those two guys. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I mean, we, we all have stories where losing somebody close to us, but I just imagine, I can't imagine working in the business and the, those people that you travel with. And honestly, wrestling does happen far too often as it was. I mean, you mentioned Rick Rude earlier and, you know, Paul Warndorf just passed away a couple of years ago. And the other one that was a heck of a guy out of Minneapolis was uh, Mr. Perfect. Great guy. Oh, yeah. He, he passed shortly after Rick because those, those guys, those two guys were high school buddies out in Minneapolis. Right. And see, Hawk and Rick Rude went to Robbinsdale High School in Minneapolis together. So a lot of those guys that really were big all came from AW, you know, from Vern Gagne. Yeah. Rick Flair came from Vern Gagne, all them guys like that. Now, uh, so you're you were in WCW primarily, you know, all, all throughout the '90s, and you were there before Eric Bischoff takes over. Then, and yeah, he he was there in the office, but he wasn't in charge. He hadn't taken over yet. He was there, kind of. Dusty was running things. Greg Gagne was involved in the office, and then, um, and then, uh, what the heck's his name? Bill Dundee was. Okay. So uh, those guys were kind of running the office when I first started. And then eventually Eric kind of started taking over. And then when that happened, they kind of moved Dusty out. And then they brought my brother, you know, my kayfabe brother in. <laughs> and uh, they started running the office. And then eventually they brought Hulk in. And then he was kind of, because he had that creative control. So he was kind of part of the office too. Yeah. You mentioned Kevin again, your kayfabe brother. And what was what was the relationship between you two outside of the ring? I mean, were you... The best of oh, friends we got, behind we, the scenes. See, he was still married. That's before. See, when we first were together, Nancy and he were still married. Yeah. And and uh, of course, Benoit was was in the organization too with us. And then, yeah, when he put them together in that thing they were doing as far as TV, they ended up building a relationship because because uh, Benoit married a gal out of Germany when we were over there wrestling. In and then he moved to Atlanta and had two kids with that wife. And that all that kind of happened about this, you know, when Kevin and Nancy came in about a year later, that all that stuff started happening. Okay. So Nancy, Nancy and I and Kevin were pretty good friends. So that was another shock. When that, when Benoit did that to her, it's like, geez, crackers, what the heck? But yeah, no, no kidding. So, um, okay, you mentioned Dusty Rhodes. Uh, how, was, how was things with him? Great. I mean, it's my my oldest son, Aaron, my, for my first wife, and Cody were on the same uh, kids wrestling program together. That was his youngest child. Was, of course, Dustin being his oldest, but uh, Aaron was my youngest, and his and we'd go to wrestle matches together and watch the or watch or watch Cody and my son wrestle when we all lived in Atlanta. So I mean, yeah, I mean, it was it's kind of it was kind of cool because Dusty and I were we'd laugh about everything. Yeah, absolutely. So. I mean, was was WCW then a, a harder atmosphere to work in after the booking and creative kind of change there, or? 
it was more, let's just say this, it became more political. Okay. That's the proper way to use it. Just very political when Hulk came in. Yeah. Fast forward, you know, 96, the NWO starts. It's ultimately in the grand scheme of pro wrestling is as big time in history. How, how was it working in the locker room at that point? Just the NWO takeover. Do you feel it kind of took away from your time there or? I mean, no, I mean, I think it took away from all baby faces time when they did that. Other than, other than the big guy that came in, the guy that, you know, uh, from football when he literally left the Rams and came in the gosh dang it what's his name Bill Goldberg oh okay. when Bill came in then he was kind of the only because even Sting they're trying to move Sting to heel too and he you know when they moved Hogan over there Sting was our number one baby face so you didn't want to lose him because otherwise we didn't have the top baby faces until Goldberg started getting going and of course we had him and he you know he became the number one baby face there because Hogan was over then W.O. yeah absolutely Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. What point did WCW end for you? Like, what, when did you part ways with the company? About 97, 98. And then I wrestled. I continued to wrestle uh, part-time in different outfits. And then, I fin- and then I wrestled in Puerto Rico again, Japan again. Did one more stint through Europe. And then I finally retired in 01 and got into, when I got the job at Dana up here in Omaha as the assistant football coach. I moved up here, and that's what brought me to, back to Omaha in 2001. And so I got back into coaching and left wrestling in about that time. Okay, so you said back to Omaha. Where where was home dur- throughout your time in, in WCW when you weren't on the road? Atlanta. Okay, Atlanta. you were in Atlanta. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah and so then you uh, you start going back to your original passion of football then. And, um, I mean, did you did you still, after being as involved with the business as you were, did you keep up with watching it at this point or were you just only focused on football at this point? You ever been a football coach? I mean, no, I haven't, but <laughs> I mean, once, yeah, I mean, once when I went to that and started doing that full time, I mean, that takes so much of your time because of recruiting and all the things you do to prepare to be a coach that it, you just, other than watching a little bit on TV I, and, and talking to Dave and, and Matthews and those guys, I mean, and keeping that's the only way I kept up with it. And I talked to Orndorff every once in a while and those guys. So, I mean, that's the only way I kept up with it because I was so busy in coaching. I couldn't watch it stay stay up with all the angles at that time. Okay. So, and then you're you're still coaching to this day then, correct? I I am. I got out of, well, when Dana closed, I got out of it, got into sales. And I'm still doing sales, but I coach part-time out of Papillion La Vista 
here in, uh, you know, in Papillion La Vista Monarchs there. And I'm really enjoying it. I'm enjoying working with kids again. I really enjoy helping young men grow up and, and hopefully do something well in their lives. Absolutely. That's incredible. So I guess, you know, so, you know, I work with you in MWA now. Um, and you mm-hmm. were doing some, you know, are you just the wrestling bookings you have? Is it just around Nebraska nowadays? Yeah, because that's all I have. I don't have, because of my other responsibilities, I don't have time to do like Brian does. Because Brian hits a lot of different independents, which is really cool. Yeah. But I just, I don't have the type of schedule able to do that. So, yeah, I'm strictly with Nebraska and working with them. Good deal. So, I mean, is it around the time that you were going into the Nebraska Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame? Is that when wrestling picked up for you again then? Or like, how'd that go about? Donnie, Donnie contacted me and let me know I was going to hop into the Nebraska Hall of Fame, which I was very honored. And I thought it was very cool of Donnie to, Donnie Dodge to offer me to do that. So I, I was very proud and, and I'm very thankful. And he kind of got me, he kind of lit the pilot light back in it again. And I kind of like it, you know, you watch it on TV and I don't know if you can call it wrestling anymore. Okay. I was just going to ask if you still, and I mean, and so it's kind of nice working with, with, it's kind of nice working with this independent circuit because most of these young guys and coach, uh, of course, of course, Brian, you know, are all pretty, they're working to be better at it. And, and it's still wrestling, which I think it's important to get back to your roots. And I, and I mean, WWE is not roots of wrestling. I mean, I've traveled all over and that's to me, it's just all show now. It's not, I don't see, it's not wrestling and there's not, there's not the same storylines like they're, there used to be. I mean, what the storylines are short, sometimes don't mean anything. Okay, and th- now you mentioned WWE, and I, I wanted to ask this earlier, and it just slipped my mind. We are having such a good conversation talking about just your relationship with different wrestlers and some of those stories, but was WWF at the time, was that ever a goal for you, or were you just comfortable in WCW and wanted to stay there, or what's going on? I, I honestly, I'm one of the guys pretty loyal, so I mean, WCW took good care of me and gave me some good opportunities, so yeah, I did. I stuck with them, and then when the change, if I was still there in 99, I probably wouldn't have the change over with them, too, like Darren and and and, uh, and, uh, and Finley did, and my friends that were still involved with it did, and they kind of wiggled Kevin out of stuff. I noticed that, and because he was a booker and with the WCW and they kind of, they, they kind of weaseled out some of the guys who are bookers, but my, you know, Finley stayed in it. Matthews did. So that's how I kind of, so I might've went with a change if I was still in it, but at that time I was out of it. So I just said, you know, I'm going to, I enjoyed doing the independence because it's kind of fun. And I enjoyed going to different countries and wrestling still until I got, until I stepped down from it. And I mean, that to me was what I enjoyed and that's, and they all still wrestled wrestling. Now the two thousands, it was still wrestling, but now I wouldn't call it all wrestling. And so you still have connections. Who who are a lot of the names that you you mentioned? Finley and some other uh, big names from oh, Steve, time? Steve Steve Regal. Every you? once in a while, I'll touch base with 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 uh, um, uh, Diamond Dallas because you know we we're, we're still friends, and he he does some neat things there. And then uh, helping other wrestlers out, and then um, I also uh, still talk to uh, um, got, got it. Um, who's I think? Who's I can't say. I mean, guess a lot of my a lot of my friends I travel with have all been have all died. Yeah, you know. So I mean, it's just kind of like Finley and Steve Regal. I still talk to. Oh, Dave Taylor, I still talk to okay. those guys. 
kind of wrestled around the world with because they're some of the few ones that are still still with us here on this earth. Yeah, no, it was hard for me. You mentioned that Minnesota connection earlier, and I, I sat here and I was thinking, Rick Rude, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig, Hawk, and none of them are here anymore. And no, I mean, Giant was AWA, all them guys. Yeah, Hogan, it, Hogan's still there, but I mean, they all originated from from uh, from uh, from AWA with uh, Vern Gagne. Yeah, it just yeah. See, the bodies from Minnesota. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, he went on to make a name or, or two outside of pro wrestling, I'd say. Oh, but... he, he's a very intelligent man. I enjoyed I enjoyed sitting down and talking all kinds of different things with Jesse. Very I'm... interesting and very, uh, has, you know, different thoughts, but sometimes you got to listen to them because they're interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you may or may not, like, it doesn't mean you have to agree with somebody political to still be able to call somebody a friend and... Sometimes you know it, it's good conversations well, I just think are, are pretty accurate. I mean, when you when you okay. talk to him, but but you got to look at both sides of everything. But I'm just saying. But I think he's very intelligent, and I think he and he and he, you know he got. You think about where he came from, and he can govern Minnesota. That's hard to understand how a wrestler, you know, becomes a governor when he really was just a mayor of one little small town in Minnesota. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's a uh, pretty incredible. Um, now you did mention Diamond Dallas Page. Have you have you tried DDPY at all by any chance? No, I don't do. I I still lift at the gym and work yeah. out and do all that stuff, do cardio. But I've done a little bit of that. But no, I'm not much of a yoga person. Fair enough. I mean, I've done his program a little bit, so that that's where okay. like, my connection was. Is I wanted to to ask about it. I I haven't made it too far past the beginner stuff and. So I mean, you aren't going to see me lifting my head of my leg over my head or anything, but I mean, yeah, no. Well, let me know. I want to. I want to get a picture of that. Okay. <laughs> once once I'm able to get my leg over my head, by all means, the first thing I'm going to think of is I gotta gotta let Dave Sullivan see this and prove to him I'm able to do something now. But <laughs> but all right. So you still keep up a fairly active uh, workout routine then, though. Of course, yeah, it's yeah. important for my health. Well, and I guess, and if you're you're coaching football too, and I mean, you got to practice what you preach, and you can tell the your boys to you know hit the gym, and might as well do the same, right? Correct, correct. So good deal, and um, I guess so. Nowadays with wrestling, you know, you keep around um, Nebraska. Is, is there other promotions with besides MWA that you still have affiliation with, or is MWA really the only wrestling you're doing right now? Right now, it's the only one I'm doing right now. Right. Yeah. It's the only one I have time for. Well, I mean, so the last couple shows, we have seen you working specifically with Levi McDaniel, and, I mean, doing a good job of keeping him in check, but I know he really t- pushes your buttons and tests your tests your <laughs> limits there when, when you're involved. He does. But, yeah, he is. Levi's Levi's good. He's good. I enjoy, I enjoy mixing it up with him. Yeah. It. Oh my goodness. I just when when I'm working those MWA shows and I'm there as a ring announcer and sometimes I gotta uh, distinguish between my fan hat and my ring announcer hat and I I watch those main events and a lot of times you know I'll have some friends in the audience and I'll want to sit down with them and I'm like until that bell rings where I have to announce a winner i just want to be a fan and enjoy this and seeing where uh two shows ago in lincoln it was van johnson and brian blade for the championship and 
you're mm-hmm. at your merch table the whole time selling your your eight by tens and taking pictures and and then Levi McDaniel gets involved a little too much. No, there's a couple other people get involved and Dave Sullivan leaves the merch table and and well equals the playing field a little bit. Oh, the equalizer! Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> but absolutely. So, yeah, no, the, Nebraska Donnie Dodge. If uh, I I really have you think the fact that he was able to reach out to you, putting you into the Nebraska Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, and the fact you're still there, I would very much say you are deserving of being in that Hall of Fame, and I'm grateful because it's given me the opportunity to get to know you and call you a friend, really. So it's it's been incredible for me, and yeah, you are you are where you deserve to be in that Hall of Fame. It was a great honor, and I really appreciate Donnie making the offer. So yeah, um, keeping busy. Uh, any any future goals from here for Dave Sullivan? Oh, just take a day at a time, enjoy life. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, nothing wrong Might with as well. that. How's no. how, how's your football team doing this season? Um, we got off to a tough start. We're young this year, and uh, we kind of got off to a tough start. We've lost three close ones. We easily we should be two and one, but. Sometimes a ball doesn't bounce your way, and we've lost a couple that we shouldn't have lost. But you know what? They were the good teams, and all you can do is keep getting better and, and these, watch these young guy, young people improve. Because, I mean, we're playing a lot of juniors, and they're getting better each week, and they were just sophomores and freshmen last year. So, you know, they're getting there. Absolutely. We're working hard. They're working hard, and that's the important thing. Now, I can't talk to you about football in a Nebraska studio where, you know, there's Nebraska logos all around me here in KIN, are you a Nebraska Cornhuskers fan? No. Okay. Didn't know if you... Razorback. Razorbacks. Okay. So you live in Omaha, but that doesn't change your affiliation whatsoever. But No. No. I had a son that played for Arkansas, so they're my team. Fair enough. All right. Yeah, I mean, you uh, you want to take... Do you want to talk about your family at all and... Oh, just that I'm proud of all of them. They're all they're all doing well and working hard. So, and they're having success in their own lives. So that's what you love to see as a dad. Absolutely. Well, Dave Sullivan, we'll wrap things up from here. I want to okay. thank you again for uh, taking the time out of your Saturday to come on to Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast and just share some stories and memories. I really appreciate you being willing to do so. Well, thank you, and I appreciate your time and. And you have a great Saturday, and I guess you're going to probably be cheering for the Huskers here pretty soon. I will be. And uh, <laughs> now, I, I did see the poster. You are planning on being back October 27th, Thursday. Are you coming back mm-hmm. for the next Lincoln MWA show? Yes, I will be there. All right. Looking forward to seeing you, working with you as always. Thank you again for your time here. And this has been Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast. I'm the host, Johnny Cadillac. want to thank my guest, Dave Sullivan, for coming on today and sharing his stories. Uh, for on Facebook producer and Ryan Johnson couldn't make it here. I want to thank Scott Berger for filling in his place and uh, keeping us afloat here. Again, this Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast. Until next time, we'll see you then.